Good morning, good evening, or good night, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Righteous Man Podcast, where we're talking all things men, masculinity, and mental health. I've got the boys in the lab today. Hello, gentlemen. How is everyone? And Marky Mark doesn't have a mic, so (laughs) he's waving at us. And joining us today in the studio is a very special guest. Dave, who have we got? We are very honored and blessed to have in the studio today, Father Samuel Fanous. Um, so Father Sam, at one point in time, was my Sunday school teacher back in the day, and we actually did serve together at one point. He's got a very long resume. So Father Sam nice. uh, was a lawyer, is also medically trained, obviously ordained as a, a priest a number of years ago, and he's now also a lecturer at St. Cyril's Theological College here in Sydney, Australia, I believe teaching church history. Is that right, Abuna? Yep. Uh, so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today, Abuna. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Abuna. So our topic of the day to today, Dave, you want to give us a bit of a insight into what we're talking about on this episode? Yeah, so God willing, we want to take the next step into the series on dating. And today's episode is She's the One. So, you know, kind of working out, is this, you know, the young lady that I'd like to spend the rest of my life with? That can be a very daunting question. Um, and we want to get into that whole process and all the, you know, the, the thought that goes behind it um, and, the, you know, all those different stages. We really want to get into that. So without further ado, um, Ray, you want to take it the first point? So, Father, I guess the the good starting point with regards to this particular question is, let's say that, you know, a young male approaches you and says, you know, Father, I'm ready to start that next chapter of my life. I'm looking for the one. I'm looking for my significant other. Is there anything that you give them in terms of advice, maybe something tangible to work with? Yeah, I think it's very important um, to start with a very solid foundation. Mm. Um, If you are looking to start a relationship for the purposes of marriage, it is the probably the biggest decision you'll make in your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm. With the most repercussions to your own happiness, your own, <laughs> yeah. you know, mental health, every life satisfaction, so much mm. of it comes from who you choose f- for your life partner. And if you're choosing someone to be your life partner, this is the person you're going to live with for the rest of your life. You're going to wake up with this person. Mm. You're going to go to sleep with this person. You're going to raise children with this pe- with this person. Literally everything. Everything with this person mm. to make that decision, it is the biggest decision, and it requires some seriousness. Mm. And that seriousness comes first and foremost in acknowledging my own limitations in choosing. Yep, I don't know, I can't see the big picture, I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time when there's a yep. sickness involved mm. and how we're going to re- react to that, or disaster strikes, or Whatever happens in yep. the future, mm. I can't see. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see that far. And so to start the process of thinking about being in a long-term, lifelong relationship, the first relationship that has to be perfected is the relationship we have with God. Mm. It's to be able to hear His voice in my life. It's to know that He is guiding my path, that He is not going to let me get into something that he's not happy with, that he's going to open doors yep. for something that he's happy with. If I ignore all of that and I just spend my life and I just make the decision off my own head, then maybe it might work out. Mm. Maybe a bit of luck. I meet the right person. We have matching personalities, but maybe mm. it won't. Mm. You're on your own. Um, so I think if you if you start the process really in a firm foundation, in a, spirit, in a relationship with God where you know Him, you hear His voice, mm. um, then, then you're, you're ready. 
you're yeah. ready to start choosing, to start thinking, yeah. to, to make those decisions. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I also want to extract one thing as well for our listeners is that we're talking about dating and initiating that process under the assumption that the intention itself is marriage. Because from a secular or a worldly perspective, there is that concept of people are just dating for companionship, for company, for you know physical satisfaction, whatever it might be. Mm. So... For those that are listening, we are coming from a Christian perspective where the intention is, you know, don't initiate that process with someone unless the intention is, can I actually see myself marrying that person? Would you say that that's a fair assumption to make? Definitely. I think that many people, including many Christians, will say, well, you've got to try before you buy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um and many people say that. I don't know if you've ever read Thomas More's Utopia. It's this this famous book mm. written by Sir Thomas More, where mm. he had this idea where people should inspect each other naked before they get Fair married. And that's the that's the <laughs> that's a utopian world. Good yeah. lord, where where we should do it because you got to try before you buy, and you got to know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is a legitimate philosophy if you take God out of the equation. Mm. Okay. Mm. Maybe. I don't I don't think so, but maybe you could argue that. You know, living together before you get married, yeah. all of those. If you take God out of the equation, maybe that's a legitimate philosophy. Mm. And mm. it does work for some in the world as well. I mean, the people will come and say, well, you know, successful marriages aren't just for Christians. There are people that have very happy marriages and, you know, and happy relationships and they're not necessarily married as well. That's right. And um, I think that that's, mm. that's, but that comes down to luck and maybe yeah. a bit of personality. If you've got a wise personality, just independent of God and you can see these things and that's great. But also it's luck as well because you don't know what's going to happen 10 years mm. down the track, life circumstances and things like that, that you need God to get through yeah. um, to keep your marriage intact. And yeah. I think those people that, are working hard at their relationship and they're faithful, like they're, they will be able to enjoy success in that relationship, even if they're completely secular in their thinking. But that brings me back to a question I wanted to ask as you were speaking, Father. So what is the interplay between God's will and our own, you know, God-given autonomy, our own free will that he has given us? You know, is it is it the case that we should really be petitioning and waiting for God to kind of place someone into our laps? Or is it more that we need to obviously be rational and choose and be intentional and let God bless, whether that's closing the door or opening the door. Like, what, is, what, what, in, what would you describe Abuna as the correct mentality to have? Because I think we get, um, I think the, the concept of God's will is thrown around so much and we actually don't know, you know what, it, what the reality is. I think that's a, a very good point because many people in, you know, nowadays, they want to open up the Bible and they get a message. They think yep. she's the one. <laughs> well, thank you, Lord. Hey, that's great news. You know, they yep. open up the Bible. Oh, look, she, her eyes shone like the sun. Yep. And you find some passage in the Bible that, that makes you feel good about the relationship. And you mm. think that's God's will. That's not a, a reasonable way of seeking out God's will. Mm. God, um, in my opinion, by and large, does not work that way. Yep. God gives us a brain to use. And if we use our brain in an illogical way, we will make mistakes. Mm. So you have to use your brain in a logical way, the gifts that God has given you, the knowledge that God has given you, and you have to use it in the best way that you can, knowing that any deficiency in my knowledge and my ability will be made up by God. Mm. So God's will is not going to come down a letter from heaven. I used to always say, oh God, I wish you would just send me a letter from heaven. Tell me yes <laughs> send or no. Send me a sign. Yeah. Send How me many a times have that? <laughs> but he, he doesn't work that way. Mm. I think God's will is manifested to us individually in more subtle ways. Mm. For example, you know, my 
spiritual father is very happy with this match. My parents are really happy with mm. this match. My friends are really happy with this match. We get along perfectly. We don't fight so much, you know, and the fights, they're not so explosive and toxic. Um, and we have a really good communication style. Yeah. If you go through all of those things in your life, and our spiritual values are really aligned. Yeah. If you go through all of those things um, and your own personal spiritual life and your partner's spiritual life is active and flourishing, and you go through all of all of those sort of check boxes along the way, looking out for red flags, looking out for potential problems. Yeah. And if you do that process properly, taking God with you in that process, I think it's almost guaranteed, 100% certain, that that's God's will right. for you. And if you choose that person, he will bless He'll mm. bless that one for you. Yeah. And he'll bless that choice for mm. you. Definitely. That's really nice. And I, I like the practicality of it. And maybe just to extend that. So let's say we have, uh, for our brothers and sisters out there, let's say that they're about to go on their first date. You know, they've been speaking for a little while. Maybe the first, the first one to five dates. Um, what do you think is a good mentality that they should have going in in terms of like looking out for those things, those little green lights, as you said, those little subtleties. Um, and especially for us as men, we have a tendency to be too logical and overthink mm. and like, you know, rule things out or whatever. So, what what would you think is a is a good mentality to have? Look, when you're first starting, I think a good yeah. mentality to have, to be honest with you, is to remember that this is the one time someone, my spiritual father once told me, he said, "This is the one time in your life when you're entitled to be completely selfish." Mm. Nice. Choose for yourself. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry about her or him. Don't worry about any of those things. Don't worry about their feelings so much. I mean, obviously, the reason <laughs> <laughs> you're about their feelings, you don't yeah. hurt people deliberately. But what I'm saying is. When you go into it, pick someone that's right for you. Yeah, yeah. You know that fits, ticks your boxes. You know, if this is what you want, and this is a something that you can't compromise on, mm. don't. You know, there's no need for you to go to compromise on that if you don't have to. Yeah. So when you go into it, think for yourself. What do I want? What do I want out of this relationship? What are the qualities that I want? Develop, you know, a list of you know a few qualities that you're looking for, and through those first few dates. See that she's demonstrating those qualities, mm, compassion, yeah. kindness, empathy. These are the things I really care about, good values, um, commitment to the church. If they're your non-negotiables, your selfish non-negotiables, um, look out for them early. Because yeah. if she doesn't meet those or fulfill those non-negotiables, mm. there's no need per- that, that's when you really hurt someone, when you persist Dragging through along. something and then it's mm. going to end one year down the track because there's something fundamental fundamentally mm. different about us. And I suppose you also know deep down as well, if you're not really feeling that vibe, you know, from that first one to five dates, then you're probably like, you know, pushing things uphill at that point. Mm. So just for our listeners to recap as well. So I guess point number one would be ensuring that you on your own individual terms are ready to commit to, to something like that and that you're at a stage of life as an individual, as a person. So it could be things like, are you, you know, stable in your career? Are you financially secure? Um, things like, are you okay with spending time with yourself? You know, mm-hmm. do you have that relationship with God? Are you currently serving? So there's a whole checklist of things that are only relative to you as an individual before assuming that, that particular process. And then when you go into step two, so taking some tangibles out of that, also having a checklist of, okay, what is it that I'm actually compatible with? What is it that I'm seeking? And as I'm getting to know this person, are they really genuinely ticking those boxes? Or am I trying to, you know, put a circle into a square hole, for example, and just trying to make this work? Mm. Um, 
What do you think, I mean, let's assume that for argument's sake, the discourse between, you know, dates one to five or whatever it happens to be is going well and the process starts to initiate and it starts to keep going. What happens then? I mean, you'll always have the school of thought, um, which is probably the majority of society that says, you know, dating is that whole try before you buy and there's kind of no obligation to commit. But then you also have a school of thought that says, well, it's actually courtship. I'm getting to know you to see whether or not we are, you know, appropriate as life partners. So do you think that even as young Christian men that we might need to rewire ourselves to stop thinking about it as dating and initiating that process just for the sake of it? Or should we look at this as an approach of, I'm not going to waste this person's time unless I have the full intention of this potentially leading to marriage. Yeah, I think it's it's very important to be serious. You, we don't date for mm-hmm. fun. Um, I don't think that's a healthy thing to do for a few reasons. You know, and, and, and people who live in the world will disagree with this. Yeah. Um, but my my way of thinking and, and the way what I have seen is that so much dating when we do that, where it's just... You know, just seeing what's out there, you know, mm. we'll see where this goes for a while. Without that seriousness, they often don't end up successful. And then what can happen, um, not always, but what can happen is when I end up with the person I end up marrying, I have all these catalog of experience, all these catalog of, of, of maybe, yeah. you know, sexual experience, which I shouldn't have. Mm. Um, and what I'm doing is comparing all of the worst qualities of my current partner my yeah. spouse to all the best qualities of mm. everything that I've had in the past. Yeah, you're setting yeah. them up to fail. You're setting them up to fail, and so that comparison. So I don't. I think there's an element of serious. So that that's not to say that people who are in multiple relationships just because it didn't work out, even when they were serious, mm. are in a very bad position. No, that's not true. Yeah. If you follow the right path and you go down the and 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 you approach the relationship seriously, and approaching it seriously means that we are very careful. In our physical, um, in the physical manifestations of our relationships, yep. you know that we recognise that until I have made a commitment before God to this person, that their body is not mine mm, and yeah. my body is not theirs. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's right. not if I if I take before that, you know, before I've committed to God that I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. If I take what's not mine, then. I'm setting itself. I'm setting myself up for a lot of problems. Yeah. Firstly, if the relationship doesn't work out, that person has given. I have taken something from that person that didn't belong to me. Yeah, exactly right. So if we're serious about those things, and if so, I think from what you said, Ray, I, I really agree with what you're saying that it's courtship for the purpose of marriage. But you always, I want everyone. You know, everyone needs to always remember that at any point, if they're not happy with the relationship, any time before marriage, you can end it. Mm. No yeah. obligations. Yeah. There's not mm. it, that pressure to, you know, See once you've gotten through. to a certain point, mm. you know, oh, now I'm engaged. If I end it, oh, my goodness. I know people ended their marriage, ended their relationship one day before the wedding. Yeah, it on does that. happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, better better then than later. Exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, we're serious, but that seriousness also means that I am free to, at any point, pull myself out of the relationship. And if I feel as though it's not right, I it's my responsibility to do so, yeah. Yeah. you know, to her and to myself. Abuna, I think you opened up a really big uh, point, which is like the concept of the past. And I think that can mean so many different things for different people. For some people, they might feel guilty and kind of paralyzed by their own past. Maybe they feel like they don't deserve to, you know, be with someone that doesn't have a past, whatever it may be. Like, 
how do we navigate that or also accepting that their partner you know they've had this very mm. difficult conversation and they're coming to accept that what what advice would you give someone that's struggling with that Look, there are a lot of cultural issues at play here. Some people are like, oh, you know, I, I, what I take your, you're getting at is like someone who's lost their virginity, for example. That's definitely a big, a big And yeah. they feel mm-hmm. as though, and then sometimes a guy will come into that relationship to a girl and say, oh, they've, you know, lost their, you've lost your virginity. I can't accept that. Yeah. But maybe the girl did it in a situation where she was young. She was, bit, you know, did it because of just emotions and yeah. not aware of it. And there's this false assumption that she's, impure in some way mm. but me because i haven't lost my virginity yet i spent four hours a night looking at hardcore pornography on the yeah. internet yet yeah. i'm pure mm-hmm. and in that one act of sexual intercourse that she did when she was younger perhaps or whatever or in a in the context of a committed relationship that th- she thought was going to end up in marriage mm. that she's somehow impure yet i'm pure because yeah. you know mm. i've corrupted my mind and you know but i haven't actually done the physical act mm. so i think we have to be a little bit aware of that that you know, purity is not lost or won in an instant. Mm. You know what I mean? Just because somebody, um, it is very serious to lose your virginity and we should maintain that and it's a very beautiful thing to give that to your partner in marriage and vice versa. But if it is lost, you know, through whatever circumstance, we don't feel despair Mm. that um, I can never be in a good, healthy sexual relationship. No, God can give you back your purity if you live 100%. with him, you know, and you can win back that purity. And there are many women, I'm sure, men who have lost their virginity, but come out of that, you know, incredibly pure, whereas yeah, other definitely. people who may not have lost mm. their virginity are, are really impure in the mm. way that they think and in the way that yeah. they behave. I love that. I think mm. that's really important advice for, I'm sure there are people out there that you know, really need to hear that message. And, um, did, and and just one more point on that question. Do you think it's uh, it's inevitable, like it's an, it's an essential conversation to have whether whether it's the the guy or the girl in the relationship that it's at some point that whole topic of the past is going to come up like and it maybe someone's really daunting that conversation coming um do you have any advice on on that point abuna look it's it's a tough one because it will often come up i don't think it has to come up yeah i think if you know the person that you're with and they know you you can leave well enough alone if yeah. if you have that confidence yeah um it's very difficult. Many people won't be able to leave well enough alone and will want to ask those questions. But if you know that the person in front of you is a pure, honest Mm. girl and she's, you know, righteous and she's serving and she's praying and she's doing all of these things and maybe she had a long relationship in the past, good on you if you can can look past that and Mm. not, not, you know, raise those wounds. Yeah. I think that would be that's a very good thing to be able to do if you have that confidence that this is all in her past, if there was anything there in her past, and you trust that God has opened up this door and this relationship is a pure relationship. Um, I don't think it has to happen, mm. but practically speaking, it just often does happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it does happen, you know, it's important, you know, to keep that open mind and not, not you know, be so all or nothing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I really um, take, agree with that each individual occurrence in its context. Mm. It may be that there is so much history there and there's so much ba- background there that you've decided that that's too much for you. Mm. That's up to you and that's... Or maybe your... because of who it's with as well, potentially, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And there may be circumstances, contextual factors there yeah. that, that, you know, because of my own... I know my own weakness, you know, and I know what I'm like. I have to let this relationship go. That's unfortunate for the person involved, but 
that's my right mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's something that you are particularly, you know, obsessive about or, or interested in and you know that it's going to be something that's going to bother you long term, it's best to explore it early so that you don't have to waste that's her right. time. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's I, something that we mm. touched on in the last episode is there's a very big distinction between that human level of accepting that and whatever and in God's eyes when when you confess and it's forgiven and God has made you a new person, it's you're completely, you know, clean. There's no you know, dirtiness or whatever, like it doesn't exist in, in God's eyes. But as you said, there is a human aspect where we, mm. you know, we don't, we don't really unfortunately think or see the same. Like, yeah, like, I think we, 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 we keep two things in check, knowing that yes, the ser- sin is serious and we avoid it as much as we can. And it is, it's a beautiful thing to offer up our virginity to our partner. Um, but also we don't fall into despair, that if it does yeah. happen, God can yeah. give me, give it back my purity. Yeah. If I'm honest mm. and if I'm willing to work for my purity again, he will give it back to me. For sure. I think also on the flip side of this particular conversation as well, you'll also find, and this is, I don't mean to generalize, but it's probably more applicable to females who may have spent X amount of years within a relationship that has subsequently failed. And then they've lost hope. There's no one out there for me. There's no such thing as the one. God doesn't want me to be happy. And that whole conversation, that whole track talk that they go through, what can we do in order to to advise people that potentially have been burned in the past and they're so petrified of putting themselves out there again yeah. or they're in complete despair from even the perspective mm-hmm. of meeting someone? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very difficult because the, the paranoia and the fear of abandonment, fear of rejection will stop them from having fulfilling relationships. Mm. Um, and it may stop them from getting into a relationship that is actually quite good, or they Absolutely. might sabotage mm. a, a relationship that is otherwise sure. quite good. I think um, there's a lot of psychological damage that can come from a long-term relationship that is broken down. And I think that the answer is not as simple as we have to pray. And mm. there's, there's psychological yeah. damage that has been done. Definitely. We pray and we, we put our lives in God's hands. But like I said earlier, we have a responsibility to help ourselves. And if that comes through speaking to a counsellor, speaking to a psychologist, um, to deal, to unpack a lot of these issues, that can be quite helpful um, to see myself in a new light, you know, see myself as somebody worthy of being loved. Um, That, it comes from God, but it also comes from, you know, the perspective of a psychologist, someone who's mm. dealt with, yeah. you know, grief, you know, bereavement and, and yeah. adjustment disorder and, and things no like that. And no doubt that also comes with a lot of self-effort as well. Mm. So even in terms of, you know, counselling and, and therapy, etc., a mm. lot of that stuff is actually on that individual to yeah. go through that process themselves. Mm. Um, would you say, and this is going to be a very vague question, so forgive me, but <laughs> would you say there is such thing as the one? Or is there a potential that God, you know, has created us to be able to, A, have the freedom of choice and B, that there may be more than one person that, you know, we could potentially end up with? I, um, you know, I watch a lot of Disney movies with my kids <laughs> and that's maybe skewed my thinking. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think there is a concept of the one. Mm. Um, that's my own personal opinion. Um, I think that... In some people's cases, maybe there is the one. And for them, wow, this person came into mm. my life and they're the best thing that ever happened to me and they're the one person in all the six billion that is good for me. And if that's the way they feel, that's that's a beautiful yeah. thing. There's nothing yeah. wrong with mm, that. For sure. But for most of us, it's a matter of, you know, like like you said, it's a matter of using our 
our brains that God has given us and leaving in his in his leaving it in his hands to bless whichever choice that I make. Yeah. yeah and sure. trusting that he's blessing whatever choice that I make. And if I go down this path with this girl, it doesn't mean that I couldn't it wouldn't have worked with that girl, mm. but this is the path that I've chosen and God will bless this path. I don't think that it can get like that when people have been in a long relationship with a guy or you know a girl that they thought was the one, yeah. and then it ends, mm. and then they lose hope that they'll ever find anything like that again, or they'll ever find anyone. That's not the case. God, he 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 blesses us, and I think that if we are honest with him, then in his time and in his way, he will bring someone to mm. us that is right for us. Um, and I don't, I don't think that there's only one person out of six billion that is right for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because it goes back to, I mean, you know, the whole concept of free will. Like, you know, if there was hypothetically a lineup of five different girls, right? And that there is this a Thomas More lineup? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, right. No, not, not, not to that extent. <laughs> but like, let's say that they're all God fearing, and that you know they're heavily invested in their church, and they're quite established in this and and that, and you, you could hypothetically get along with every single one of those. So how, that that concept of just having that one particular person, I personally believe as well, is flawed because. Mm relationships also take work yeah so very hard work on the flip side if you if you flip that theory around and it's like oh there is only one person but if you decide not to put in it just doesn't automatically mean that that relationship is by default going to work that's right but i think if Mm. i think that you raised that made me think of something else i think it is helpful though once you're in the relationship once you've married to think of her as the one yeah, yes. Sure. Oh, definitely. definitely. That, yeah, this yeah. is the one person out of six billion that's <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah. No one else. No, I couldn't, I couldn't work with them because good it, advice. It, it does. It 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 is a it is a practical problem that if you know there was a few options beforehand, or I could have gone a few different ways. Mm. Sometimes in the back of my mind, in the arrangement, yeah. ah, oh, what Especially if? When you it know, gets tough. Yeah, <laughs> I on the other side. Yeah, that's right. So once yeah, there isn't one in the lead up, but once you've picked that, that is the one girl out of six billion that is right for you and mm. there's not another girl out there that will is is right for mm. you then even if you can't see it in a particular moment you will see why this girl is right for you if you followed that whole process um of choosing in the right godly way mm. so yeah. to push on a, on a personal level abuna <laughs> what, were, what were kind of your feelings towards um towards the Sony, towards your wife during that like the courtship period and you know leading up to you know, engagement and all like that stuff like did you feel like this is the this is the woman for me like yeah so the first well, well I mean without getting too personal yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to listen to this <laughs> yeah probably not <laughs> um, you know the first when I first met my wife you know the the first thing that struck me was how easy it was mm. you know what I mean the relationship was so easy mm. everything was easy we, we the conversation the the families, the the values, everything mm. was just easy. And that, you know, was very meaningful to me at the time of my yeah. life. Yeah. Because I think if everything is hard, then that's a sign that mm. maybe this isn't from God. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe this isn't for me. Everything is work, but this everything was easy. And as we went progressed our relationship, it was never like yes, I felt that I was working towards marriage, but it was never like I'm gonna marry this girl one hundred percent. It's a process. Mm. You, I'm happy in this courtship phase. You know, you get the butterflies and all of that. It's yeah. great. You enjoy it. And then after that, you get the, the settling down stage. Yeah. And I was happy. And then, you know, I think it's time to propose. And I was happy. Let's get engaged. I'm happy. Prepare for the wedding. I'm still happy. So, it's just this this movement towards marriage 
mm. in which everything is falling into yeah. place. And it sounds like as well that this plays out over X amount of period of time. Yep. So one thing I wanted to address for our listeners as well is that don't be so quick to jump the gun when things potentially get tough. Like yeah. in my, from my perspective as well, is that because society is easy come, easy go, and mm. you can just pick up your phone and contact the next person or ghost mm. the previous person or whatever it happens to be. Like, I feel like we're missing the, the, the blessing in the lesson, which mm. is like, that also gives you an opportunity to understand how it is that you deal with conflict, you know, mm-hmm. whether you can reconcile with one another. So if you guys are listening to this, don't take this out of context in the sense that like, you know, okay, one time something went wrong. Okay, it's all falling apart now. It's not for me. God's closing the door. This whole period of, court, of getting to know each other, courtship, dating, whatever you want to call it, engagement, marriage plays out over X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to go back to one thing that you said. When did you know it was time to get engaged? Is there a time? I mean, let's say the next, you know, on our little journey here throughout this this episode, <laughs> like what happens then? Everything's going smoothly. She's a beautiful girl. We get along great. Everything's smooth, easy, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a point where you're like, okay, like I'm ready to go because mm. you actually have to mm. go out and buy a ring and stuff. Like there's <laughs> tangible items that you need mm. to, you know. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's a practicality issue um, also is that, I look at my life and I make the commitment to get engaged when I have a plan Mm -hmm. or I can Mm. see when the marriage will take place. It doesn't exactly, but around when. Yes, now I've been working for two years. I've got enough money. I can can pay for a ring. Um, I'll have another year or so after that or a year and a half, two years to then pay for a wedding yeah. and that's our general time pl- time frame so it's a practical mm. thing mm. when i can see that it is the right time in my life and her life that we are working towards that and the reality is soon in the relationship it should be on both your minds yeah engagement if not and actually marriage. discussed openly yes it yeah. should be discussed yeah. uh, you know engage it, this is going well i'm happy where do, where do you see this going that's a good conversation to have yeah you know so you're both on the same page and if you know, you're at the point where the relationship is dragging out. You're not mm. ready to commit to an engagement. You know, you've put this girl, the, the relationship is, is very open and, and you know, she's deeply invested, but you're still not ready, still not ready. And you've given yourself, I think it's a very, it's a very wise move at that point. If you can't commit to this girl yeah. to give yourself a time frame, mm. I'm going to give it another six months. And if yeah. I can't say that I want to get, engaged to her then for sure then i, I got to pull away because yeah. it's not fair to her um and it's not fair to, to yeah. her family mm. um to to do that so that's when you know you know often when you mm. know you know i want to get mm. engaged to this girl yeah. and and practically speaking if you don't know when you're just hesitant you can't seem to make the plunge um, and it's been going on for it's dragging out a little bit. Sometimes it's good to really set a time frame on yeah. the relationship and say, yeah, if I can't definitely. commit by this yeah. stage. I like that because I think there are some things that you can kind of get lost in just the Bermuda Triangle, and logic is actually very helpful. So mm-hmm. to to put that, I think uh, Father Elijah he said once that obviously you can't put a blanket rule, but he was saying mm-hmm. that you know six months in you should know you should have an idea about whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with someone. I think that's I think that's quite fair. Like you've been dating for six mm. months and mm. you're speaking every day. You should have some inkling as to like, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? 
But no, you don't have to say I'm going to marry this person. Yeah. But um, you should have that inkling that I want to at least get engaged to this. Yeah. At least continue. Yeah. I want to continue. Yeah, take it to the work. next step. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to take it to the next step. Yeah. You don't. If you're unsure and you're a bit hesitant, you don't have to put this big mountain in front of yeah. you. That I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. Just, I just, you just have to have this little <laughs> just mountain. Freak I've just out. got to, <laughs> I've just got to be able to commit to the next step. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. being engaged mm. and um, know that you actually want to be yes, there as well. That's right. I think, like, this is going to be a very cliche question. Here we go. You, you said the line, "If you know, you know," mm. right? And I'll share a little bit for our listeners as well. So. You know, in me, I feel a shout out to Steph coming. Absolutely. So <laughs> every so, episode he says shout yeah, out so to this Steph. Is, this is actually become a thing, right? Um, but shout out to Steph. So, <laughs> so oh, with with my personal experience, like um, after maybe about I'd say a month mm. of getting to know Steph, and we'd probably gone on about fifteen dates in a month. Like it was like <laughs> it's intense. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, even from day, yeah, 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 not yeah, everyone can, can keep. Just for the listeners, not everyone can no, keep that some pace. Of it would be like, <laughs> some of it would be like, oh, you know, let's go for yeah. a, a walk around the park, or whatever. Yeah. So, for my my perspective, literally from the first conversation that Steph and I had, I was like, look. I can see that you're a very respectful girl. You know, I'd like to take you out to lunch, mm. you know, and get to know you properly and, you know, see mm-hmm. where, if this is, has any potential. So even from that first conversation, it was like, I'm not here to drag this out for mm. three or four months and just pick up the phone when I feel mm. like it and whatever. And then probably about a month in, I actually, I actually, from my own terms, I was like, I'm going to start saving for this just in case, mm. you know, it does get to that point where I need to be financially ready and I want to make that commitment to the next step, etc. And then as the relationship progressed, I gave her a six month block mm. of, you know, I'm thinking that we might take the next step, you know, and obviously that was just to throw her off. I actually ended up mm. doing it much sooner. So, mm. but I feel like it wasn't a whole thing of, oh, you just know, um, and I think a lot of people, when you ask them, especially now that they they might be married, they'll say, "Oh, you just you just know when it's the right one." To be honest, I I never felt that. Like it wasn't just this blase, you know, butterflies and feelings, which what yes was a part of that particular, you know, experience. But at the same time, it was going in with a plan. So for me, it was like it was very much what you were saying. Like, can this logically and practically work? Um, but what about people that are sort of like, especially from, I guess it's more of a female oriented perspective, um, where they tend to be very emotionally invested in that person and you see the, the, the outcome of like, it's almost blindness. It's, it's almost being masked by this feeling of just intense emotion and they could potentially be toxic for one another. So Mm. where do you draw the distinction between you need to obviously have those emotions and those feelings. And then what if it's not working practically? What if you really love someone, quote unquote, I'll use that term loosely, mm. but it's just not working. You might be from different cultures, different religions. You might be at different stages in your life. Mm-hmm. Is it worth hanging on because you've come this far? Mm. Or is it, okay, removing, removing the emotions, practically this isn't mm. going to work and it shouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, to come to your earlier point about the one... I agree with you that um, some people, she's the one, mm. and it works out good, good for them. Yep. Most people know. Mm. Yeah. Most people, when I'm said, you know, you know, you know that it's you're ready to get engaged. Yeah. In in some cases, but to get to that point of knowing, often takes two years. Yeah. One definitely. to two years, 
And many people, because they've watched so many romantic comedies, um, <laughs> feel as though that's a problem. Mm. That I don't know that I want to spend the rest of my life with this girl right now. And if I don't know it now, maybe she's not the right one for me. Yeah. That's potentially losing you a very good relationship mm. because you have unrealistic expectations. Yeah. For many people, most people, in fact, that I know, the process is a slower one. It's a gradual process. And perhaps that's a better way of doing it because yeah. when it's slow and gradual, like you said, it's more measured. It's mm. more logical. I'm yeah. thinking about it. You know, whereas when you come in all in, mm. you know, this is the one, like you said, so emotionally invested, sometimes the blinkers can Tunnel be... Tunnel vision, yep. Mm. And that comes often, can often come when we misread God's will. We can say, this, I've got some signs or something at the beginning. So this person is right for me. And then the blinkers come on. Yeah. And it's and that whole, if you know, you know, but it's just right. emotionally fueled. It's not it's actually. Emotionally fueled. Yeah. So I think you've got to be, you got, when you, to, to, a gradual process is actually not a bad thing. Um, when it's very emotional, um, I'm, I'm so committed to this person. I love mm. this person. And it's all emotional. Sometimes, sometimes it's a good thing. If, ever, if the stars aligned, mm. it's a good thing. But often it's good to take a step back. Yeah. From the emotions yep. and say, okay, but hang on a second. You know, what did that mean? You know, what that what did that particular fight, mm. you know, reflect? Yep. Mm. You know, what was that about? Or not to say that it was wrong or that means we're going to break up, but like think about it logically. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would make a point is physicality clouds judgment. Oh, yeah. Mm. So that emotion, heightened emotion, often manifests itself with more heightened physicality and that clouds judgment. Mm. Mm. For example, you know, I have a big fight with her and yep. then the way we make up is very physical. And so then mm. my head's all jumbled. I can't actually, you know, disentangle what that fight was about, yep. you know, because mm. it's all clouded. Mm. Um, and so we've got to be very careful, um, especially for, oh, we should always be careful physicality, but especially if I'm not sure, I'm not, you know, mm. I don't know what, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced or whatever, that we don't add more confusion um, yeah. by being excessively physical. Yeah. yeah. It's something we definitely touched on earlier in the series because oh, okay. I think the one thing that we were saying is that if you can't sit across from a table from each other and just talk, like if you every time you're spending time together, you have to be physical in some way, like what is the foundation of the relationship? Yeah. And it's definitely going to cloud your mind. You're not going to be thinking straight. Definitely. Um, but I, I, I'm really um, enjoying what you're saying, Abuna. Like the, there's a lot of practicality and logic that I think yeah. is is good for us to rely on. Um, and I wanted to take you back to, to when you were speaking about, you know, at the beginning with your wife and things being mm -hmm. easy. I, I just want to throw this out there because something I really believe, I, I think transparency is very important because yep. along that line of being things feeling easy, I think you should also feel like you can be yourself with that person. Very, yep. very comfortable. Not in the sense you have to bear your whole life story within yep. two dates, but like, you know, you have to be really comfortable being yourself and showing yourself to that person. Yep. Like, what what do you think on that point of and and practically how can we get there and and also lay out those non-negotiables as well like you know kind of yeah. stake where we're at understand yeah. where the other person's at that type of thing yeah i think you're you're right i think you know there are there is some caveats there you don't have to bear all of your deepest insecurities <laughs> very quickly when i was six i was left at kmart for <laughs> yeah, three days and that kind of messed me up yeah are you okay oh yeah i'm fine we'll get to that later <laughs> You don't have to bear all your insecurities early. You know, this person is is someone that has to earn yes, your yeah. trust, yes. earn the same and vice versa. But it's important that that, that process is happening, mm, that mm. I'm, I'm revealing more of myself and I'm comfortable to reveal more and more of myself. And 
it's reciprocated. Mm. That she's rev- if she's a very closed book, doesn't give off much. Mm. You know that that that's not uh, you know conducive to a very open and 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 loving relationship. Mm. There has to be this comfort in opening up myself, exposing myself to this person, and feeling that I'm not being judged, feeling that I'm not being condemned, um, and mm. that that is a sign that the relationship is good. That the more I expose myself to this person, the more I get their love and their respect. Mm. Um, that is a very good sign. That's a practical way of seeing whether a relationship is good or not yeah. when, when that process is happening in a beautiful way. Mm. You know, that I'm exposing more and more of myself and instead of her running for the hills, <laughs> you know... Well, she hasn't left yet. <laughs> my goodness, you're still here after all this. That's a sign that, yeah. that things are really good and vice versa. Mm. You know, she's exposing herself, maybe some things that she was embarrassed about or things that whatever it is, whatever, how it came up and I instead respond with love and... and, and that's a beautiful relationship. Mm, mm. What about if, you know, so, and I'm going to say this predominantly from a female mm. perspective, let's say it's been five years, six years, seven years. It's becoming unreasonable. That is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> because you can always, like, there's always posing the question of, like, what's he mm. waiting for? Mm-hmm. Is there ever a situation where even the girl herself can say, look, you're not going to commit to me clearly? You know, we've ticked a lot of these boxes. I'm done. Is that actually a mean, like if they might be a great person, but they just don't want to take that next step and it's becoming impractical because, you know, she's getting a little bit older, opportunities are passing her by, you know, everyone else around her is kind of settling down, etc., etc. There's no real tangible reason there for that couple not to take that. Is that means for someone to turn around and say, 100% practicality, all emotions aside, this should have worked out to the next step by then. It's not, so... You know, I'm going to go where, where yeah. I can achieve that desired outcome. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. You need to look at, you know, I think that's ve- that's entirely within her right, and she probably should do that. Mm. If you, I mean, the way we conduct uh, relationships as Christians is different to the world. In the world, they can do seven years because they're living together anyway, and yep. and they're, yeah, they're sure. and they think oh, we don't need to get married. Yeah. That's a, a separate mm. story. Um, nothing to do with the way we conduct a Christian yeah. relationship. Because mm. you but, hear about people that get married after like twenty years. That's and you're right. Like, What's the difference? That's but, right. And for them, yeah. it's like we feel like we're married anyway. Yeah. That's that's a we'll different that um, cool. uh, way of being in a relationship, which we don't think is this. You know, as Christians, it's not the the healthiest or the safest way. Um, it may work for them, individuals. We can't speak to that. But for a Christian, I think, like you said, if within a few years you mm. don't have a clear path. Probably best to run for the hills before <laughs> before it drags on to four or five years. Jeez. If mm. there's a reason for it, there are often reasons for it. For example, you know, I met this guy when I was in year 12 yep. and things are good and families are happy and it's okay, mm. you know. But practically speaking, we can't afford to get married. Mm. We're only okay. 22 by this point. We're only yeah. 22, been through the four years. Mm. He loves me, he's committed to me and he's got a plan, but he just can't enact his plan because he's got no money. Mm. Um, that's a different story. Yeah. But if a guy has the means mm. and the um, cap- capability um, to get married and there's nothing practically stopping him, then if he hasn't committed within a few years, what am I, I, I don't want to waste my time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It happens, practically speaking, where a girl will pine away for a guy, even if they haven't started a relationship. Often they yeah. will pine away for a guy that they like for four years three four years does he like me doesn't he you know it can happen Mm. and it's that's the really horrible situation um 
And then they've wasted three or four years on a guy who, if he hasn't shown interest within one year, he's not going to show interest. (laughs) If he hasn't made it official, he's mm, not interested. And it's the opportunity cost as well. What else is passing you by at that point too? That's right. So I think you're right. Practically, look at the situation. If there's nothing practically stopping him after one or two years, he's not convinced of me. That's okay. Mm. You know, let like let me be. Let me mm. be, and I'll go, mm. and I can see what else is out there, or I can just be with myself. It's healthier mm. to be with yourself in that situation. Um, so I think practically speaking, you're right. Best to look out for those mm. signs very yeah. early before it gets to five or yeah. six years. That by the time it's got to that stage, if if you're older or things like that. You know, you're so heavily invested, it's going to be very difficult to walk away from. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think it goes back to that deep-rooted assumption that we started off with, which is go into this for the purpose of marriage. Mm. And that goes for guys as well. If you're dragging something out with someone for five or six or seven years, right, and you have no intention, you Mm. shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's right. Um, That's right. I want to also touch on another topic as well, which is the, the concept of having lengthy engagement periods. My understanding, and feel free to agree or disagree, is that that phase is just preparation to actually get to marriage. So it shouldn't take three years, four years, however long. I mean, and people get engaged for longer than than that too. My thing was, I'm not going to get engaged until I know that, you know, it's 12 Mm. months or whatever it is. Mm. But short enough period of time to actually act on, okay, we're actually getting married. So my perception of in the actual period of engagement is you're just planning financially and actually obviously planning the event itself and finding a place to live, etc. But is it healthy to have really long engagement periods? I think practically speaking, what you've said is, is a good way of approaching it, that you choose the engagement period and that can be one to two years, depending mm. how long it'll take me to organize the wedding and things like that. It's It's a problem because... The longer the engagement period, the harder it is to maintain the purity in the relationship. Mm. It's like, oh, we're already married. Oh, we're so close, you know. Mm. And we always have to remember that right up until the day before the wedding, right until the minute of the wedding, you know, I'm free to leave and she's free to leave. Yeah. So she's not the one until she's your wife. That's right. She's not the one until she's your wife because at any point, (laughs) if something dramatic happens, Mm. you know, I'm free to leave. And I should be able to walk away from that relationship in, in pure conscience, knowing that I didn't take something that wasn't mine. So, mm-hmm. if I'm dragging out this engagement period, what's the practical? What's the practical yeah. reason for yeah. it? Unless there's a reason, I mean, every we say this is in general broad terms, but unless there's yeah. a reason not to get married, it shouldn't take that long. Mm. It shouldn't yeah. take five or six years to figure it out. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, that it just shouldn't. Mm. Um, if it takes that long to figure out something, something may be a bit off. We need yeah. to look into it deeper. See, I've, I've got a personal issue with people who are like, they, oh, you know, her dad's asking questions or I just put a ring on it just to keep her happy but never actually have the intention of, okay, engagement is mm. for the purposes of actually getting to marriage. Like that's mm-hmm. why you're in that period. Mm-hmm. Do you think anything changes from, let's call it courtship, from courtship to engagement in terms of the dynamic between the couple? So the easy one, for example, is couples tend to be more physical and they think that that's okay. Um, But is there anything, for example, that they should be looking at in terms of the amount of time that they spend together, the things that they do together? Should they be looking at things from the perspective of like, we should probably start, you know, doing married people stuff like 
you know, spending more time with couples, spending more time with the family, as opposed to getting dressed up and just going out to, you know, date night or whatever. Is there a difference between those two phases? Yeah, I think once you're engaged, the relationship is not necessarily more official, but you know, in a way it is mm. more official. It depends on your particular like culture that you come from. It depends mm. on the culture that you come from. Yeah, that's very valid um, But once you're engaged, once you've made the commitment, like you said, to go down this final path to marriage, mm. yes, the relationship does change in a, in a number of ways. You do end up spending more time together, yeah. um, and that's a good thing. Because, yeah, because you'll be living with, with each other. Yeah, and also because you've got to organise weddings and organise things, so <laughs> mm. you're you're constantly together. Um, so you do spend more time together. You do spend more time with the family. Now, depending on the particular culture that you come from, often the engagement comes with the official acknowledgement of the relationship for the families. Yeah. Um, therefore, you can be over there for dinner, you know, yeah. and that's a good thing, getting to know the family mm. and all mm. those things. So the relationship does change practically. Um, inevitably, it does become a little bit more physical because you're so close together all the time, but there needs to be very clear boundaries yeah. that you discuss with each other and with your confession father or your spiritual father. That there has to be very clear boundaries around that physicality. Yeah. But you are moving towards a, the final stage of your intimacy. Yeah. And that comes with, and that does come with changes. So if mm. you're making the commitment to get engaged, I think you're right. I think it's not just to put a ring on the finger, it's not just to shut the parents up. Yeah. Although the parents often have a very legitimate <laughs> Yeah, know, some, sometimes it's very yeah. legitimate. It's like, well hang on a second, you it's can't my just daughter. sit here. Yeah, yeah. Like so often the parents their concerns are very legitimate, but it should be done when I'm at the point when I'm ready to commit to a marriage with this person and not not to commit to a marriage, but commit to the process of planning a marriage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think um, Abuna, like the the points that, that you and Ray are talking about, I think we're, I think we're now generally getting into the idea of leadership, and that's something um, you know as Christian men, what does leadership look like in the relationship? We actually had uh, a guy from the US message us, and he asked exactly that. He's like, you know, I'd love to hear more about that. So, in terms of like as Christian men leading the relationship, and I think it goes back to the beginning as well about the pursuit, like. What what do you think um, that should look like in terms of like taking the initiative as as a man to like you know does it does the man always have to make the first move that type of thing, and then also like within the relationship in terms leading the pace like emotionally physically spiritually, um could you speak a bit about that Abuna about the idea of like how we should be leading the relationship? Yeah, so in, everyone's different. Yeah, um, generalizations that apply to everyone are not possible. In some relationships, the woman is the more outgoing, mm, active-driven mm. one, and that's that's completely normal, so long as the, the, the roles and the understanding is there and the love and the respect is there. But generally speaking, yes, I think it is important for a man to take a leadership role, um, but the leadership is in the model of Christ. Exactly, yeah. Pure self-sacrificing. Christ said, whoever would be first among you, let him be your slave. Mm. So that's the model of leadership. It's giving myself for this person. It's doing everything in my power to make them happy. Um, and also making some tough decisions that will be for her and yeah. my happiness. For example, resisting my own physical needs um, and resisting you know, that natural desire to come together after a fight or whatever because I know that that's not what's right for this relationship. Mm. That's the kind of leadership that needs to come where I'm, I will give anything for this person. I'll sacrifice completely for this person but also to take a tough stance where I need to take it. Mm. Mm. That tough stance can come from, you know, this is a generalization, but women can be more emotional in the relationship. 
can be more, you know, you know, have, you know, be guided by their emotions more than a male. And sometimes that leadership role comes from saying, well, you know what, this relationship just isn't working. Mm. Even though my emotions are there and your emotions are there, I have to make that hard decision. Mm. Um, But also comes from being able to know myself and also make that decision. I'm ready to to get engaged, to propose, to take this relationship forward. Mm. That's the leadership that we're talking about. Not, you know, authoritarian, not, you know, demanding respect. It's earning respect through your self-sacrificing love that you give. And also, when she sees that you're willing to make these tough decisions, when she sees that you're strong in yourself, in your own spirituality and things like that, she'll respect you more and more. Yeah, I I love that, Abuna, because... um it, very much our mission here at The Righteous Man is, you know, Christ is the one righteous man. Mm. We are striving to emulate him in all these different respects in our life and relationships should be no different. You know, as mm. St. Paul says, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. And it's something that I've, I've discussed with Ray a lot and I've seen, exa- I've seen examples of, on that point of sacrifice, because my definition of love is self-sacrifice, that you, you give yourself for that person. Yeah. There, I think there are, and I've seen guys that have broken their backs for the relationship, like, you know, worked as hard as they can to pay off a ring and done this and done that and Probably, tried to... Yeah, multiple jobs, studies, yeah, this, tried that. tried to yeah. keep, you know, happy and all. And then it, it turns into like resentment because mm-hmm. they feel like there's so much coming from their end and, you know, well, what am I really getting from this anyhow? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think I think that's a that's a big mm-hmm. thing for us as men. Yeah. Um, and to re- like the, the pain of the, the sacrifice, I guess. So I was just wondering if you could speak on that as well, Abuna. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of what I said, you know, that pure, complete self-sacrificing love often have that that's the onus and obligation on us in a marriage. Yeah. Before it, yes, we we self-sacrifice, we do all of those things, but also as a as a leader and as a man, I'm logical and I'm and I'm looking at the situation and you know, this girl is taking and not giving. It's an expectation. You know, uh, of a certain lifestyle or a certain mm. way of living or, you know, gifts or things like that. And it's all about image, money, what I can give. And and if that's the case, and I'm giving and I'm giving and, and it never seems to be good enough, that's an indication the relationship is not for me. Yeah. And that yeah. happens a lot. I see that a lot. Mm. Where you have a guy who's, you know, pretty simple or whatever and he's, you know, and then he's driven to become this person that he's not. And vice versa. Become the great Gatsby, basically. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. A lot of women are driven to become this person that they're not because they're trying to please mm. their partner. Um, it's not healthy. Yeah. It's not healthy. Mm. That guy who is, you know, an easygoing guy, just relaxed, and now all of a sudden he's working two jobs to pay off, you know, $40,000 ring. Always, who, yeah. Why do you need a $40,000 ring? I can barely afford a $5,000 oh ring. God, I'm just stressing just at the thought of that. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if that's the expectation and mm. if... If you know, no, I have to have forty thousand dollar ring, or no, it has to be like this, or no, it has to be like mm. that. That sounds like it's a lot of work, mm. and a relationship shouldn't be mm. that much work. Mm. It should be enjoyable. It should yeah. be fun. You know, I should want to give her a nice ring, yeah. and it should be appreciated, and it should be, you know, it, it shouldn't be an expectation that it has to be at this level. If all of mm. those signs are there, that's what I go back to at the beginning. They're the kind of things that you look out for as yeah. you're making your decision. Yeah. That's a red flag. Mm. Put that one. In the memory banks, hmm. that's a red flag. I'm going to come back to that later. Yeah, that's right. And if there's another one, it's like, woof, two strikes. Yeah. <laughs> two strikes. This is one more. One more, you're out of here. I, I actually wanted to um, <laughs> to get your guidance, I guess, on this. It's, it's almost like a phenomenon, right? Where a lot of people will date and things will be so easy and smooth and everything. 
And then all of a sudden when they get engaged, everything falls apart. Everything is too hard. It's too stressful. And I remember actually, you know, in, in our, our private conversations, you were, you were saying that there is an element of hard work and effort. Yes, of course. What's the distinction between where that hard effort um, is placed? Because, for example, on one side, you know, behind door A, it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're engaged now and you're closer, you're spending more time together and you actually realize that you're probably not for each other. Right, but then behind door B might be, yeah, okay. There's a bit of tension there. There's a bit of conflict there. There's some issues that need addressing. But you know, part of that effort of moving towards being a husband and wife is, you know, putting a little mm. bit more effort into like, okay, let's be a little bit more patient. Let's mm. communicate a little bit more. Like, what happens when couples fall apart when they get engaged all of a sudden? Like, what are they missing? Um, there could be a few factors. No, no two couples are the same. But for example, it might be one where they got engaged too quickly, and mm. then the engagement has added stresses, mm. and they weren't ready to deal yeah. with those. Stresses. You've just gone from honeymoon period. That's to, right. Mm. Yeah. And they weren't ready to deal with those stresses. Um, and in fact, those stresses expose a lot mm. of deficiencies and problems in the relationship that may mean that it's not a right relationship. Yeah. But does that mean every fighting in an engagement? No, everyone fights. Of um, it's it's normal to fight. It's how you fight that's. The important part. But I think that if you're looking at it that way, I mean, I think it's helpful to have one or two, maybe three non-negotiables for me. Yeah. Ways that I know within myself that I will not, things that I cannot live with. Yeah. Um, if those things are continually being crossed and continually causing these massive fights and toxic mm. fights... That's an indication that that there's a basic incompatibility, not hundred percent, but an yeah. indication that there's a basic incompatibility. Incompatibility. If there are other things, all of the other things that just happen, you know, particularly emotional, particular. I'm a particularly. I'm just a short tempered on this mm, day, or whatever. Or I'm whatever, stressed. Yeah. All of these mm. things um, that don't touch on my real essentials. Mm. Um, maybe that's respect, maybe that's whatever it may be yeah. that you've decided, then we work through it because they're mm. not things that, you know, I, they're things I can live with. Yeah. They're things I can work around. Mm. They're things I understand. Um, yes, it may cause a fight, but that fight is not explosive and toxic and I hate you and I want to kill you and, and, <laughs> and, and I hate, hate your mum as well. Go on, your mum, yeah. That's right. Always goes back to the mum. Yeah. Um, if, if, it's, if it's just... Just wow, we have so much tension. Like, mm. you know, why are you angry? So angry, but it's stuff that we work through. And yeah. and when it when it's over, there's apologies both sides. Mm. You know, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you know what it's. I'm just stressed. Yeah. And th- those kind of things aren't such a big deal. Like that will happen more in the engagement because it's actually a stressful period. I mean, organizing yeah. a wedding is so stressful. I remember during my <laughs> wedding, it was like two weeks out. I'm <laughs> like, you know, I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna end, right end it. Now. <laughs> I'm laughing because Ray organized like. I don't know, ninety percent of their wedding in like ten days or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, same. That's why. That's why he's a happy man. He's he's smiling here. Nothing to worry about. (laughs) I left this to my wife, and that wasn't a good idea. Oh my god! (laughs) So I think having fights in the engagement in the engagement period is normal. Learn Mm. how to fight. Learn how to communicate through your fights, Um, but always keep it in the back of your mind. Those red flags. Mm. Mm. I actually want to share something that you told me in in private, but I'll you know I'll sort of share. Yeah, this that guy here. loves to just bring stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like to be open with our audience. No, so it's good. Go for it. I remember Abuna that you were telling me that you've got to think about your person. That can I still love them 
even for the negative things and less desirable things. And that for me was groundbreaking because since then, if there was ever sort of any tension or conflict between Steph and I, I it's stuck in the back of my mind where I'm like, in, even in that moment, I'm like, you know what? I still love you regardless. Right, and if you never hypothetically never ever change this particular trait, I could still live with that forever. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people sort of miss in that kind of, you know, the, it's stressful and it's whatever, and mm. then they just go, you know what, this one particular thing I don't like about you, and then that's it. And I've got a, <laughs> I've got a, an issue with this romanticized idea of engagement, like it's meant to be perfect, right? Mm. I actually think that some degree of conflict is healthy to teach you how to resolve that conflict mm-hmm. because the reality is you're just in it's you and them in one house by yourself either you've got to learn how to how to have this i, I guess rules of engagement when you're having conflict or things fall apart pretty quickly which yeah, is right. kind of the the next um chapter of it if there are people here that have they're, they're married now and things are not working out and they're stuck right what happens to, I mean, what, what can we advise people to do in that in that situation? Because it is quite common where, you know, that first year of marriage, it, it just, you know, it's not happening. Or it's things, not working. Uh, or things were hidden. And then yeah. and yeah. about the, back to the it, transparency and then they come issue. out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of it comes back to what you were saying is that 90% of marriage problems are sorted out pre-marriage. Mm. By by breaking up, yeah. you know what I mean. Like <laughs> that's when <laughs> that's when that's when you need to be sorting out all these problems. Mm. You mm. can't be sorting out these problems later, and and it goes back to what what you were saying is that this person is not changing. Mm. In my mind, there's no change here. Yeah, you just have to. This is what that's I've got. Yeah. This is the person I've got because people don't change by mm. and large, and mm. if they do change, they change very gradually, very slowly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's difficult to change, you know. For mm. myself, you know, I've been trying to change things by my personality for fifteen years. It's not, it's mm. not, it's not easy. Um, and to change things about your personality, you know, takes years and it takes, you know, spiritual, yeah. you know, development and growth. You've got mm. to assume that's not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. What you married is what you've got. So, a lot of the problems come when, for example, in the courting phase, I was. Driven by physicality, lust, mm. all of these things, mm. or emotions, and so I'm cool with it. Then um, I get married, and it's very and now, real, very quickly. You, know, you can't you can't cover any of the cracks with physicality. Mm. Um, now we live together; everything is manifested to the nth degree, and that's when you get explosions. Mm. And many marriages break up in that first year. Yeah, for sure. Um, because things that they thought would change didn't change, yep. and they never will change. Um, you know, so if there are those things that are there, those non-negotiables, if you can't live with them, end the relationship. Mm. If you can't live yeah, with them, end yeah, the relationship. For sure. And everyone's non-negotiables might be different, right? Of like course, it, yeah. It can be, I don't know, they, they need to have this particular hobby in common That's or right. professional ambition. Like someone yep. might be an absolute tycoon yep. and they don't want to be with someone that doesn't have their own career right. and whatever. Like, so sure. I think it needs a lot of reflection. And the one thing that seems to be popping up is that... Um, you know, God has given us logic, which we should use as men. Mm. Like it's it's important to let the mind lead over the heart at certain points, and mm. and there are very practical responses to some of these issues. So I'm really enjoying that aspect mm. of it. I want to also go back to just the the portion of the audience that if you are married okay. and it, and it mm. sucks, like <laughs> there's no better way of saying it. Like, I mean, if, from a Christian perspective, that's one thing with regards to the whole divorce issue. Mm-hmm. 
is it almost worth sticking it out and, you know, just suffering? Because that's another issue that you'll find in Christianity a lot as well. Like, just let it go and, you know, just whatever. And it's almost like you're accepting, you know, certain types of behavior because, you know, let no man separate what God has joined. So there's those two elements, I guess, that are really critical. That's a very complicated, it's a very complicated yeah, big question. Um <laughs> I mean, putting aside the element of abuse, yep. and uh, you know that assuming they're not in danger, yeah, in any way. and and mm. which and God abuse really want to speak mi- about as well down the track, you know, not not in this okay, episode. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, it's own dedicated yeah, discussion. That's right, yeah, that's right, because it needs putting it. aside the the issue of abuse, um, which can come in many different forms: financial, mm. emotional. That's right, you know. Um, putting aside that issue, the first year of marriage is hard mm. for everyone, even people that are doing it the right way. Um, and have done the process the right way. The first year is often hard. It is incumbent upon me when I have made the decision to be married to a mm. person that I will be with this person for the rest of my life. Yeah, for That's, sure. If you don't have that mentality, I mean, if, 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 someone, if you're in a relationship and someone can't commit to that concept, mm. you know that I'm going to be with you no matter what, you shouldn't be with that person. Yeah. So we have that mentality, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this no matter what. But change comes... Not from the other person. I expect that they're never going to change. Mm. I have mm. to change. And through it's my a very change, hard thing for males to accept sometimes. Yeah, as but well. through my change, and through my that doesn't mean I become a doormat and I just mm. take everything. No, if if it's that toxic, we we go through other avenues. Marriage counselling is very yeah. important. Avenue is marriage counselling. We men hate it because. It's insulting you know, to them. It's insulting. Somehow. I'm not going to listen to someone else tell me, you know, <laughs> yeah. how I should behave. Um. And that needs to be unpackaged because that mentality is probably causing a lot of the marriage oh, problems. Yeah. Mm. Um, so marriage counselling is very important, even if it's in the first year of marriage. Yeah. Learning how to fight, learning how to live together, that's good. And many couples will go through that for a while and take a lot of really good lessons from that and, and go on and have very successful marriages. Um, it's important to to look at the problems in the marriage. How am I contributing to them? Mm. Mm. I can at least fix that. I can't fix the other person, but I can at least fix my problems that I'm contributing to the marriage. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. And if I've made if I followed oops, if I followed the path correctly, the person that I've chosen should be reasonable enough to respond to that in a in a yeah. productive yeah. way. Um, so that marriage problems are a world of issues. Fix them before you get to that point. Mm, Choose yeah. correctly. Mm. Be wise. You know, use your brain, use your logic. Um be brave to to end when things aren't working, mm. so you or don't at least get to have that, that conversation as well. Yeah, so you don't get mm-hmm. to that point. But if you're at that point, look at yourself. What can I change? Mm. Maybe I'm explosive, explosively angry. I'll yep. work on that. You know, yep. maybe you know, and 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 that comes from working on my spiritual life and making sure God is in the middle of the relationship, because He's the only one that can change mm. these aspects. He's the only sure. one that can fix these problems. Yeah. If He's in the middle of there, and we're praying together, we're, then then His peace will rest upon the house. We're going to have problems. We're going to have fights, but His peace will lead us to a normal, yeah. a good mm. resolution. Oh, and obviously, I'm not married, but the, the, I think. <laughs> well, you never know. I almost got married one time in Kenya, but that's another story. <laughs> I think the level of forgiveness and um, you know grace and humility on a daily basis required in a marriage is supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it really yeah. does need, you know, we need to be filled with God and filled mm. with it. Otherwise, I don't, I can't imagine as a Christian man how you would lead 
a marriage letter, like even just a dating process, like mm-hmm. how can you do that outside of God yep. in the right way? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want, I want yeah, to also, I want to share another nugget that you gave me with our audience mm-hmm. as well Nuggets. was <laughs> extending the olive branch. Mm. So it really only takes that one person to extend that branch in the middle of, of that tension and conflict, one person mm. to just back off a little bit, take mm. a step back or to apologize, to be a bit more patient, whatever, whatever like that mm. looks like. Um, but I think as well, do you think that there's a point in time where people might actually, and this is probably my last question and probably the worst case scenario where they really are becoming a doormat and it, they really shouldn't be in this marriage what does the the church itself and our faith, what does it tell that person when it's like, you know what, this just should never have worked, but you're now in this and you're now suffering and it's it's bad? What happens then? And I know that's a very, very... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Difficult question to answer because every situation is different. Of course. No one should be in a situation where their rights are being transgressed, mm-hmm. where they're, they're not feeling safe, um, where there's abuse. Um, where they're being financially controlled, all of these things, and no one has, no one has to be in that situation. Hundred mm. percent. Also, no one has to be in a very unhappy relationship. Mm. You don't have to. The yeah. issue is not about separating. The issue is about the, in in many churches, the Catholic Church and in Orthodox churches, issues about remarrying, yeah. not about separating. Many people separate, and that's okay. Mm. Um, and if if the relationship is very toxic, and the toxicity is so bad, you are able to separate. If mm. under particular worst circumstances, case scenario, right. you mm. are able to separate. Um, the issue of remarriage is another. It's a separate. Yeah, issue. we won't open that. We won't open worms it. But what I'm saying is, that's the end. That's at the end. Mm. Mm. There are so many other factors. Children are a big factor. Of course. Um, you know, when children are not involved, everything's easier. When kids are involved, oh, exponentially harder. Definitely. It's very difficult, and and the ages of the children when these things are happening can affect them. Mm. Um, if it happens at a certain age, you know, it'll be very traumatic. But if it happens at a later mm. age, it's actually it's actually okay. They understand. Mm. Yeah, they can reason for sure. So there's so many other factors at play. I think that do my best to mm. make this relationship work. If the other person is a complete scoundrel yeah. and it's so horrible and, you know, it's affecting, then, then I think that's the time when you seek professional help. Um, yeah. You speak. You seek spiritual help. Um, you get the advice of your confession father and spiritual father. You don't make decisions just reactively, explosively. Mm. You 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 do it in a very measured way um, because it is a very difficult area. And and really, by the time a couple has gone to that point, they should have seen mo- marriage counselors. Um, they should have gone through multiple counseling sessions. Um, by the time they've got to that stage, mm. yeah. Um, so. You know, when it gets to that stage, then 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 there are other factors at play, and they need the guidance of their spiritual father and things like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Abuna, we I just want to ask one final question before we maybe wrap up. But uh, we touched on earlier people that might be feeling jaded from relationships that didn't work out. You know, they're really terrified about putting themselves out there again. Um, what 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 would you say to someone that maybe they've been trying to do all the right things? They might feel ready. You know, financially they're ready, maturity they're ready. They're probably a bit older. And no one seems to have come around and they feel like you know, maybe God's not going to send them someone or whatever. And I know that can be a, a very painful um, chapter to be in in yeah, life. So what, what guidance would you give to someone who, who feels like, you know, their, their person isn't coming? Everyone around them seems to be happy and, mm. you know, whatever. What am I doing wrong as well? Yeah. It's very difficult. 
um, especially when you're in a close knit community where yeah. you see everyone around you and you compare yourself to everyone around you, or you're on social media and all you see is, mm. oh, yeah. is happiness and and I'm lonely. Um, it's very difficult, and there are so many factors that play personality factors. You know, my personality is just a bit strange, or you know, I'm a bit different. Mm. Um, I think that it's important to think outside the box. You know, don't think, you know, the way people meet these days is different to the way mm. when I was growing up it was different. Yeah. yeah you know, the sure. internet wasn't so big, you know. When I first you started using it, that ICQ, you guys probably don't remember ICQ. It was like a no chat idea thing. What, that is. what is that? <laughs> it was like this thing. It was the first now, time you I... could chat with someone <laughs> randomly. You know, like, oh, no, no. Okay. It was like, it was was like the MSN. precursor to MSN. It was a precursor oh, wow, to MSN. <laughs> MSN um, was big. MSN was big, yeah. <laughs> I never I never got a reply and then I see them at school the next day. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just me. Maybe You're one of those losers that you know, they the ignored <laughs> the conversation. They got eight <laughs> conversations going and yours yeah. was the one they ignored. <laughs> there was actually a, a, a girl in year six um, yeah. and then all her girlfriend, they're all over at their house yeah, together, yeah. which I had no idea. Yeah. And then she says to me, David, I love you. Oh, no. And I was like, I love you too. <laughs> and then the next day I go into class and like, I love you too, David. I love you. And everyone's saying, I'm like, oh my God, oh, I've mate. been deceived. That's the first example of cyberbullying. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That, 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 uh, you know, some year six trauma, but yeah, sorry. Back to your point. <laughs> yeah. Like what I'm saying is you got to think outside the box. People think I have to marry a person from this culture or from this particular group of people. And mm. when you do that, you're severely limiting your options mm. and maybe your personality, your the way you are doesn't mesh well with that the expectations yep. of that particular group of people to no fault of your own, of no fault of your own. Um, so it's important to look and, th- and think logically. If I'm at that situation where, you know, I'm looking, it's just not coming, it's not happening, try something different. Mm. Online, mm. dating, things like that. These are, these are very normal ways of people to meet. We do everything else online. Yeah. It's so normal for us. Because for someone who's... Older, for example, doesn't go to youth meetings because they're in their thirties or whatever. Yeah. Um, There's less hangouts because where everyone are you else meet is. Someone. Yeah. Mm. Work is one option, but you can't maybe, rely on that. You can't well. rely on that if, there's, if that doesn't happen. Um, the clubs, you're not going to go clubbing to find someone. <laughs> that's that's not practical. Mm. Um, where are you practically going to meet someone? You don't just walk into a cafe like in the movies and, you know, strike up conversation yeah. with that. Did you order the mocha chocolate latte? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> I ordered it. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work that way. So, yeah. you know, I know many, many very successful, very beautiful relationships that come from meeting online. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a mm. that's a mm. beautiful way of meeting and you, you are exposing yourself to a much larger pool of people and you're yeah. very specific about what you want. Um, so I think that's one option to, mm. to look at. And down. different ethnicities, maybe yeah. different, you know, subsects of, of Christianity. Like in my case, for example, me being Egyptian, Steph's Lebanese, I'm mm. Coptic and she was originally uh, Maronite. Mm. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that as mm. well. Um, I think it's changing, you know, where you're meeting people, mm. but also the actual qualities, you know, and the characteristics that define that particular person. Um, do you have any, any, I guess, uh, final words for any young men or women out there that are looking for the one, I guess, and in their season of waiting or thinking about taking that next step? My only comment would be that your only safeguard in this life is God. Mm. It's your only safety net. You do it on your own. Good luck to you. Mm. But that's where people end up in these toxic relationships. Your safeguard is God. 
and if you follow and you have a good relationship with God and you apply your own logic and your own way of thinking and your own, you know, um, process in terms of looking out for things, you know, being aware of things, being logical, you can't go wrong. Mm. But the foundation is your relationship with God. Mm. It's, it's if he will never allow his son or daughter to be in something that is horrible when they've been honest and they've been... Mm. They've been honest with him and honest with themselves. For sure. And honest in a situation. And they've done the, the right thing and everything. It never happens that someone lives with God and the relationship has ticked all the boxes and then they mm. get married and, oh disaster. my God, a disaster. Mm. It, it doesn't... It, there's usually maybe, something there. I've, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. I'm, you don't see it. Mm. You know, That's your safety net. If you follow that procedure of my own relationship with God as well as being honest with this relationship and and looking out for the red flags and all of those things, then then the end result will be a happy marriage. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. What a nice way to end. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Uh, no, we really appreciate your time, Abuni. You've really uh, blessed us in the studio today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you like, uh, follow, and subscribe. We are on, what are we on? Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Spotify, Spotify. Apple Music, and shout out to Upper Room Media as well. (laughs) So thank you so much, guys, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. See you later.